Uh, I am so happy to see every single one of you in this house today. Pastor Nancy mentioned it. It feels good in here. And and I just want to reiterate in that it does feel good in this house. I am so thankful that that God allows us to feel his presence, you know, in many different ways, whether it's whether it's it's the love of a father that you need today in this house, he can be that for you. If it's restoration that you need, he can give that to you, whatever it is, he can do it for you. Amen. Amen. If you need sermon notes, raise your hand and we can make sure to get those to you. Uh, our usher team will get that. We got Gilbert over here. He's another incredible father and servant of the house, and I'm thankful for his friendship as well. But this week we are on now week three of our Sacred Assembly series. And I don't know about you, but I have enjoyed this series very much so. And, and if you've joined us, whether that be online or in person, I hope more so in person than online, but we do understand, throughout this series, we have been talking about the sacred gathering of believers, and that is what the church, more specifically, the local church. The word church itself derives from the word ecclesia. Did I say that right, Pastor Ben? Ecclesia. And if you know Spanish, you're like, oh, that sounds just like iglesia. Yeah, you're not wrong. Ecclesia, which just means the called out ones. You see, as, as the local church, as the church, we are the ones who have been called out by God to be his own special people. And oh, what a privilege it is to be able to worship the God that we serve. Amen. Jesus himself said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I will build my church. It's not our job to build the church. It's his job to build the church, but we have to be active participants of this plan for our life. Amen? Uh, We talked about how being part of the church enables us to know God in a real way. I want to know him for myself. That when we gather in this building, again, this building, I'm so thankful for this building, but it is so that we can encounter God, we can glorify God, and we can grow in our knowledge of Him. We can grow in our understanding of of who He is, and and we can know Him in a real and a personal way that, that, that we, that allows us to live our lives in relationship with Him. Last week, we talked about how we can find freedom through the sacred assembly and how being part of the church empowers us to find healing and and it allows us to find freedom from the things that that, that would destroy us or, or the things that would weigh us down and the things that would keep us from living the best life that God has for us. Finding freedom from the baggage that we carry. I know Pastor Nancy mentioned that you know, sometimes in our pursuit or, or in our, we are seeking God, there are things that we have to process, right? Those are the things that would weigh us down. That could, those things could be things like regret or, or shame or, or pain and, and all of these things that would continue to steer us off course. And so today we are going to talk about how the sacred assembly or us gathering together and being the local church and how how that leads us to discovering our best life. Being part of the sacred assembly helps us to discover that. You see, some people, they have this 
this view of the church, or they have this certain, uh, uh, they, they see the church in a certain way or in a certain light, and that it is, that it's just, a, a, it's a gathering place. You know, they, some people see it as a, as a social club or as a social gathering, you know, or, or that the church exists to provide services, which in some cases it does, but, you know, there's a death in the family and people need a church to have a funeral. Or if there is a celebration in the family and, and we see that there's uh, people getting married, we need weddings. And so with that, we need a wedding venue and, and a minister. And, uh, you know, if there are people who are going through some hard times, you know, they look to the church for, for counseling. Some people view the church as, as a select few people who are, who are only there for special occasions, uh, Easter, uh, Christmas. I'm not calling anyone out. I mean, maybe I am. But I'm not. But if you feel offended, that's on you. That's not on me. <laughs> but the truth is, the, the, the local church isn't just a place where we go. I mean, I, I get it. We are blessed to have these buildings. I've said it before that we meet in. But it, it isn't a social club. And, and it isn't something that is just a part of the service industry. You know, the church, the way God intended it to be, is a living community through which we experience the fullness of life that God offers. And I want that for myself, and I believe you want that for yourself today. Amen. David says it like this in Psalms chapter 92. He says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. You see, the psalmist writes and he observes that when you are planted in the house of God, that your life will flourish. Jesus talks about this type of flourishing as well. And, and, and he talks about this experience that, that he calls the abundant life. And, and he is showing us this kind of life that, that we can expect to live, that we can expect to experience when we follow him. And we see that in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief comes only, what, to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So he came so that we could have life and have it to the full. There are other translations that call it the abundant life. And we here, we call it the best life that you could ever live. Jesus came so that we could experience the best life possible, and we talked about that. We know the, the best life possible doesn't mean that, that life is go, always going to be easy or, or, or that life is going to be full of, of happiness and pleasure 24-7, 365. No, it, it, it doesn't excuse us from the hardships of life. No, it doesn't. We're still going to experience that, but we have hope. We know the life that God has for us is a life that is full of hard work. And it's a, it's, it's a life of commitment. It's a life of, of calling. It's a life that is full of, of purpose. And it is a life that leads us to unspeakable joy through fulfillment. A life where if we are living and we are serving in community with each other, the effects of that work will, will go beyond just the local church, and we can be a part of that, and we too can make an eternal difference. 
You know, I, I, we've seen it in our own church here. As a matter of fact, this year we are celebrating 70 years of existence. And, and, and praise God for that. You don't really see that too often. But God has enabled us, and, and, and it was through the sacred assembly of a group of people who decided to get together one day and, and plant a church right here in the city of Houston, Texas. But because of that, God has enabled us to extend our arms across the globe and make a difference in the world. That's the invitation that Jesus is extending to us. That is what he is inviting us to. He is inviting us to live our best life. And as we read these next couple of scriptures, we see Jesus' intention for his followers. We see that his, his, his intention is for us to experience, yes, the abundant life, but not in a place of isolation, but from a place of community. You know, Jesus doesn't just set us free and then say, oh, okay, off you go. You're saved. Go live life by yourself now. No, he, he, he doesn't do that. You know, he, he doesn't save us and then send us off to be these so-called spiritual vigilantes. No. You know, I, I sometimes wonder and I sometimes worry about people who, who say that they, that they love Jesus and who say that they would call themselves followers of Jesus and, and will call themselves Christians, but at the same time they say, well, you know what, I, I, I don't really need the church. I, I don't need a pastor. I have a pastor. Our pastors have a pastor, so I would think that you just as much would need a pastor. You know, others say that, you know what, I don't, I don't really need to be in community with my fellow believers, and, and I don't need to be connected to a local body. But clearly we see that Jesus, every time when, when we see in Scripture that he refers to his followers, he is calling us, he is calling his people to be in community. There's a scripture that's not in your notes, but we're going to read it later. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, For we were baptized by one spirit. Why? So as to form one body. It doesn't say we were baptized by one spirit and then just were sent off in our own separate ways. He says we were baptized by one spirit to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles. In other words, no matter what you look like, no matter what your background is, slaves are free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And I want to go ahead and continue to talk about this passage here that we read in John chapter 10. When Jesus says, I have come that they may have life, he is referring to a flock of sheep, his sheep, his flock. And he is essentially referring to a community of, of people. That is us. We are that group of people. We are his flock. So when he says they may have life and have it to the full, he is, he is speaking specifically to his flock of people. In John 10, 14, 16, he says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and they know me just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too, he makes this note, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. You can see from this portion of Scripture that Jesus' greatest desire is to bring his sheep together. He, he is, in this portion of Scripture, he is speaking to those who are in the flock, and he is saying, hey, I, I, I know you, you know me, you know my voice, but there are other sheep who are still outside of this flock, and it is his 
greatest desire to gather them, to, to bring them into one community together. You see, his, his declaration of bringing us that abundant life is in the context of community. He says, there are others that are still out there, but I want to gather them together. I want to bring them in one flock, one shepherd. So if God, if we can discover our life through that sacred community, let's, let's talk about where the church is the place that, that does help us discover that best life, where the church is where we can discover the life that God has for us in that community. You see, there's one thing you need to know about the church, and that it is God's family plan. God's family plan. It, it's his family. As I mentioned before, we aren't called to do this on our own. And we're not meant to do this Christian life solo. Again, you heard me say it. He, he doesn't save us and then send us out to be these spiritual vigilantes. No, it's not part of God's plan. The church is God's family plan. Anyone here have a family plan? Raise your hands. Yeah, family plans. You know, with family plans, it could be a, a cell phone plan, right? That we're... Typically, you get like special discounts and special promotions, and, and we have health insurance family plans, and, and we have memberships where you can do, where you can use, you know, museums and zoo memberships. And it, it wouldn't make sense for me to, to sign up for a family plan if I intended to do everything by myself, right? It wouldn't make sense for me to get a, a family membership to the zoo and leave my girls at home and say, okay, I'm going to the zoo. Y'all have fun here at home, I'm going to go hang out with my best friend, the elephant, you know, and this is a silly example, but I think of back in the day, good old JCI, James Coney Island, (laughs) on Wednesdays, kids eat free, right, if you were, I think, five or something, kids five and under, it could be six and under, I don't remember, but that was a a family plan, and and I remember going up to the uh, checkout counter, and my mom was like, oh, he's four, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm six, and she's like, shh. But, but it wouldn't make sense to, if you were under five or six, to, to receive the words of that free meal, right? It wouldn't make sense for, for you to, to, to reap the rewards or to take advantage of the benefits of being part of that family plan. You know, deciding to be a follower of Jesus, and I know those are silly examples, but deciding to be a follower of Jesus gives you access to his family plan. And we do ourselves a disservice by, by not taking full benefit and, and, and not receiving the rewards of the family plan of Jesus Christ. Paul says it like this in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things. Why? For the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and it is complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So for, I ask you this, for whose benefit? For the benefit of the church. We are the beneficiaries. The, the church is, is not a place. Again, it's a people. It's, it's God's family plan. God calls them the church, his people. You see, we see the, book, the, the uh, early church that we read about in the book of Acts, and, and they lived this out. They, they took full advantage of God's family plan. If you read in the book of Acts, you see that they lived it out by sharing life together. And it's a beautiful model for us today as the church to look at the way that they, that they stepped into the fullness of life that, that Jesus had for them as a community, his family plan. Acts 2, 42 through 47 says, 
And I want us all to say, say all the believers. Say all the people. (laughs) Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. They were doing everything together as we can see there. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. I don't know about you, but I think that this is where the potluck was born. (laughs) All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, I love what it says here, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's what it's all about right there is saving people. We, we can see some similarities in how we operate as a church and from this portion of scripture that we just read. We gather together on Sundays, right? And, all, and as we gather, we, we worship our God and, 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 and we hear teaching of the word. And, and outside of Sundays, we have what we call life groups and, and freedom groups and, and, and so that we can be in fellowship with one another, so that we can share meals with one another. Where's my breaking bread group? They're somewhere around here. So we can pray with one another, and, and we see just like in Acts that, that when we truly give ourselves, when we devote ourselves to God's family plan, that God blesses it. We see in that portion of Scripture we read that it says, a deep sense of awe came over the people at all of the things that God was doing among them in this family plan, the way that God was operating when, he gave, when they gave themselves and when they devoted themselves to his plan. You, you want to know what I have experienced in my life? And, and many of you can probably testify to the same, that, that one of the deepest joys, and, and that some of the most beautiful moments of, of joy that I have experienced, and some of the greatest times of growth in my life have come when I am living life in community with the church, when I am living my life with my brothers and sisters in Christ, when I am going on this journey and I am taking my next step alongside other people that are going in the same direction as I am. I have people in my life that can encourage me. You know, we have people in our lives who can challenge us, who can hold us accountable, who can pray for us. I'm so thankful for my friend Bill Jones. I'm thankful for my friend Jake Rock. Where are you, buddy? There you are right there. Every Sunday, they they make a point to come to me, whether it be before service or after service, and they say, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Peachy keen. And they're like, no, but how are you doing? You know, they they take an interest in my life, and they are intentional about approaching me and just checking in with me. And I I pray that if you don't have someone like that in your life, that, that God would place someone in your life. Or maybe you need to be that person for someone else. Our deepest joys and growth come from living life together in the presence of God. So if the church is God's family plan, well then let's talk about finding your place in that family plan. Let's talk about what it means to find your place in God's family plan. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying when he speaks about God's family plan. When he talks about the local church, 
And here we read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read through this, not in its entirety, but we're going to kind of bounce around and you can follow along in your notes. But Paul is saying this, the human body has many parts. Okay, yeah, we know that. But the many parts make up one whole body, so, so it is with the body of Christ. Paul is giving us an example of our human bodies and how it has different parts. We all know that. We've got hand, arms, finger, legs, toes, etc. But, but none of these alone make up the body. But, but as a whole, all together, when they are connected together, they make up the body. And what he is doing in this portion of Scripture, he is trying to get the church of, of Corinthians to understand that, that, yet, that as the body of Christ, we all belong together. And I want to let you know today in this house that, that you belong Maybe you've had a hard time finding a church, or maybe you're dealing with church hurt, or maybe you, you're unsure. I want to let you know that, that you belong. Everyone has a place to belong, and we as body parts have a place to connect. Verses 14 through 21, Paul goes on to say, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am, not a, I am not part of the body because I am not an ear. Hey, when it says, and, and, uh, and if the ear says, it's not talking about those who are listeners or who, who love gossip. It's not talking about that. I am not a party, part of the body because I am not an eye. Would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God, and get this, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Are you seeing what Paul is saying here? That, that everybody, no, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, that no matter how long you've been on this spiritual journey, no matter what your background looks like, whatever your past looks like, everyone has a place in God's family plan. Everyone has a place to belong, and everyone has a place to connect. In other words, everyone has a role. We all have a role to play in this. We all have a job to do, and we all have, as body parts, a function. Verse 25, this makes harmony, this makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. I think about how much I love this, this community of believers, this, this our church, Life Church, and, and League City specifically. You know, I, I think about how we celebrate each other during those moments of that, that call for celebration. And I think about those times where, where we pray for each other, where if someone has to make a life decision and I've, I've, got, I've got this coming up and I'm not really sure how to approach it, how we can pray for each other. I'm thankful that we are in a community of believers where we can encourage each other and we can, in some cases, if we have to, take care of each other. I think about our freedom group, and I'm so thankful for the rich conversations that we have there as we're diving into the Word of God. And some of these, some of the things that our members say, man, there's just some godly wisdom that comes pouring out of their mouths. And, and I leave that freedom group every night just so full and so happy and just overjoyed with the love of the Lord. I'm thankful for this community, how we can care for each other. Verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You are a part of this. 
The, the metaphor of the body shows how each member's unique role contributes to the health and to the purpose of the whole body. We, we can't be fully effective as a church unless we all do what we are called to do, unless we are active participants of God's family plan. We, we can't do and fulfill God's purposes for this house without everyone finding their place and being connected and being committed to fulfilling their function in the body of Christ. Being actively involved in the local church helps us to discover and it helps us to exercise our gifts in service to one another. I, I like to say it like this, if you've ever been with us for Discover Life, is that Sundays are your training ground. And then the work gets fulfilled Monday through Saturday outside of these walls. We are constantly uh, collaborating and, and teaming up with other churches, you know, in our community and in our nation and other local bodies around this world. We are a local church, lower KC, that is connected to the church, capital C, the global body of Christ, fulfilling his will and purpose in the world. I, I heard it said like this um, one time. It said, the church on its worst day is still the best thing aside from Jesus that has ever happened to the world. I am thankful for the church, the bride of Christ. Peter says it like this, and I like how Peter uses a different contrast than, than Paul. Paul uses body parts, and here Peter says, and you are living stones that God is building into his temple. It's like a mason is taking these living stones and he is perfectly placing them where they belong and they are connecting to each other to, to build this beautiful temple where the Spirit of God can dwell, where he can move in, where, where he can operate in the world through his church, through you and I. And, and that's what happens when we allow God being part of his family planet and receiving the benefits that he takes us and he places us exactly where we need to be. Peter goes on to say, what's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. So as God places us together as these living stones, and in, in, in these, these places where we belong, where we are connected, he is empowering us and he is enabling us to then do his work. To do the work that he created us for and to do the work that is pleasing to him. Then if you continue to read, the passage goes on to speak of those who have rejected Christ, but then Peter later goes on to say, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, you are God's very own possession, and as a result, these are the benefits of that, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Thank you, Jesus. Once you had no identity as a people, you were lost, is what he was saying. Now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. There was a place for you in God's family plan. If your approach is just to come in occasionally and enjoy a service or to enjoy the music or maybe you're here for a light show, I'm not sure. Maybe you do view the church that is, that is as something that's just there when you need it, you know, for encouragement when you need it, or, or services when you need it, or, or funerals, or weddings, or counseling, as I mentioned before, when you need it. If that's your view of the church, then you are missing out on what Peter is saying. He's saying you are a holy nation, 
In other words, a community. You are a chosen people, a group. You are royal priests. You are missing out on this beautiful temple that God wants to create by using you. A living stone to do his work through. So if the church is is God's family plan and, and each of us, we all have a place to belong, then lastly, let's just get together. I like the way Pastor Ben said it one time, let's just be old friends. Let's get together. Let, let's help each other find how we fit together as these living stones and, and identify what we are called to do, what, what you are called to do, what, what I am called to do, and how we can fit together. Like Peter said, let, let God use us as those living stones to build the spiritual temple. Let us think of ways, and this is what the writer of Hebrews says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. It's more than just getting together and, and having fun and hanging out, and it's more than just having good services. Let's get together to do what we were created to do. Let's get together for the action that God has called us to. We should be motivating and encouraging each other to take action to, to love and to good works. And then the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So my first thought is this, if the writer of Hebrews consider that his return is near, I think it's safe to say that it's even closer for us today. And with that, I tell you this, we are called to reach a generation. We are called to be a light in the darkness of this world, and and we are not called to be living in isolation, or we are not called to be a withdrawn people, but we are called to be a people who go out into this world and who do the work that Jesus has commissioned us to do. This, this sacred assembly, this, the gathering the way we do on Sundays in our life groups, in our freedom groups, finding where we belong and where we fit. Why? For the purpose of living the best life that we could ever live. And this life, it's a life that is connected to the mission of his kingdom. It is a life that is, that is building. It is a life that is expanding his kingdom. It is a life that is taking territory back from the enemy It is a life that confronts the darkness of the world, and it is a life that serves and meets the needs of others. You see, God wired us in such a way that that when we realize it is not just about ourselves, but it's about others, it brings an immeasurable joy and a satisfaction and a fulfillment to our lives. It's about making a difference in the world around us and in my family, in our children, in the local church, and because of our involvement in the local church, that we can now make a difference in our community. See, serving together not only meets the needs of others, but it also leads us to discovering our calling and, and purpose in God's plan. Can I get Danny to come up here on the keys, please? Next Sunday, we have what we call Discover Life. And it is a gathering, is what I like to call it, a gathering of, of, of if, if, if something you're interested in, it's, it's a way for us to help you discover and identify the giftings that God has given to you. It's a way for us, for us to get you connected and plugged into what is happening here at Live Church. And overall, in the grand scheme of things, is we want you to get connected to what God wants for you. We don't want you to miss out on those opportunities. You know, I, I think about a time in my life 
when I was living in isolation, my wife and I, we were trying for a baby and we had received some bad news. And I chose to try to take care of things in my own power. And that led me to living a life of isolation. That led me to living a, a very lonely life. That led me to want to do things my own way and make a name for myself by, by working hard. And, and there's nothing wrong with working hard, but, but because of the way, because of my approach, I was then neglecting my marriage. And I was not being the leader of the home that I was supposed to be. And there were so many things in my life that were going wrong. And I didn't have any friends. And that's a, that's a sad place to be in. I mean, I did have friends, but the friends I had probably weren't ones who could do me any good. Um, but I remember we were going to church. We were visiting a church. I say visiting. We were probably, we, we, at that time, we were already had, had been going to that church for like two years now. And I was a little skeptical about everything um, that was just going on, and, and I was not ready to commit because I was so stubborn. I was a knucklehead, and I was doing things my own way. And I'm so thankful for a praying wife. I'm so thankful for a wife who goes to war for me. Pastor Bo mentioned that last week, that he has a wife who goes to war for him, and I too have the same, and I'm so thankful for her. And there was one day, she, I knew she had been praying for me, and she said, I think you might be depressed. And, and that just hit me hard because... Depression was something that, it was, it was so taboo in my life and in my family. It was something that was never spoken of, you know. And, and she said, I think you're depressed. And I said, I, I think you're right. And she didn't just stop there. She said, I think we need to start serving. And so at the church we were going to at the time, it was a two-step process. So uh, I, I worked a lot, but we were able to get that two-step process done. And uh, life happened, and then we ended up not serving. And a month goes by. And we were just so hungry to see a move of God in our life. We were so hungry to see God change uh, and restore our marriage and restore that brokenness and, and just and heal the brokenness. And that one day it was a Sunday service and we were like, we're, we're going to sit at the very front. And so we sat at the very front and it, this is a, it was, a, I would consider it a mega church. And so we didn't know this, but the front row was reserved for uh, uh, the upper echelon, if you, if you will. <laughs> but, uh, but, but we went and sat on that front row and, and there was a, a young girl, her name is Leslie. And she had no idea who we were, but she went out of her way and she said, because she thought we were somebody because we just <laughs> plopped, plopped ourselves down the front row like we own the place. <laughs> she said, uh, oh my goodness, what team do you guys serve on? And we're like, oh, team, we're not serving anywhere. She's like, oh, you're not serving? She said, well, that's okay. So we just want to sit on the front row today. She said, that's fine. I'll let them know you're with me. And she made a point to go out of her way and allowed us to sit on that front row. Sorry, I get emotional because this is the moment where God began to do a work in our life. And so, and so we weren't serving yet, but she said, are you guys on a team? We're like, no, we 
how do we get plugged in? We went through the first two weeks of our, you know, it was called growth track then. And so we went through growth track. What she said, oh my goodness. She said, well, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the lead, the team lead for the coffee team here. And, and as a matter of fact, we've been praying for a married couple to serve together on our team. And so we said, yes. Well, she said yes. And I was still like, ah. Uh. <laughs> but we did it. We did it together. <laughs> and it was nothing more than just serving coffee on a Sunday morning to the children of God, to his people. But through that, but through that, we made friends and, and God began to reveal things in us that he wanted to do in our lives. And, and because of that, we were able to live in community with, with our brothers and sisters and we were able to lift each other up and we were able to pray for each other and we were able to get out of that rut that we had been stuck in for so long and he began to do a work. We were serving in the way I see 1 Chronicles 28 9, where David is speaking to Solomon. And he says, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. He says, worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord, he sees your heart. He knows that you want to change. He knows that you want what's best for your family, for your life. And he knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. If you can, stand in this moment with me. I'm going to read through the scripture that we read at the beginning of service, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. And at, in this moment, I'd like to ask the prayer team if they can come up here and be ready. It says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? And to that I say, Yes. Is there any comfort from his love? And to that I say yes. Is there fellowship together in the spirit? I think so. I hope so. That's what we want for you, for our church. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Yes. Then he says, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. And he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of himself equal with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. For you and me, this is what he did. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. This was a man who was living a life of perfection. This was a man who was without sin. He died on the cross as a criminal for you and I because he bore our sins. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. And gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declares that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. We've had several conversations over the last couple of weeks with families and, and just different people who, who want to be sold out to the work of God, to being sold out to serving him. But there's a hesitation of the fact that, oh, you know what? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not 
I don't think I'm ready. I, I'm still, I still deal with this or I still make mistakes and I still mess up from time to time. And to you I say this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then we see in John 10, 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I, I just encourage you, if that is you today in this place, and if you're just having these hesitations about serving because you feel like you're not ready or there are still some things that you are dealing with, that's fine. Let God change you through your service. Let God do a work in you just like he did in my life, just like he did in my marriage and my family. Our prayer team is standing by, ready to pray for you. And you know what? I just want to open up the altars. If, how about everyone come forward in this sacred assembly? I believe that God wants to speak to us all today in this place. And if you would like prayer specifically, our prayer team is right here for you. I believe that God wants to reveal something to us in our hearts today. I believe that God wants to speak us a specific word to you in this place. Maybe you feel like you are unworthy. Maybe you feel like you are not enough. And the fact of the matter is that you are not enough. We need God. We need Him. He is the perfecter of our faith. Our faith is imperfect. God, I pray for everybody, every person here under the sound of my voice. Can we get closer to the middle, please, so that the people in the aisles can make their way forward? God, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice today, Jesus, that you would do a work in their lives, Lord, that through this sacred assembly, God, that they would realize and that they would reap the benefits, Lord, of being a part of that family plan, God, that they would find their place, Jesus, as living stones, God, being built into the spiritual temple, Lord, for you to dwell in, God. And I pray, Jesus, that we would get together, Lord, as a community and that we would serve you, Jesus, that we would serve your people. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.